Amen. Remain standing, please. Take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Esther. The book of Esther, and if you're not exactly sure where that's at, it's in the Bible. And, uh, but if you go to the book of Psalms and then back up to the book of Job, and then you back up one more, you'll get to the book of Esther. Go back a few chapters there, and you'll find Esther chapter number 3. Esther chapter number 3 tonight. One simple little truth, really, in the message tonight. A lot, a lot of truths in this portion of Scripture, but there's one specific one that we're going to deal with this evening. And uh, Esther chapter number 3 and verse number 1, we'll begin reading there, and we'll read down through verse number 5. I'll read verse 1, join me on verse 2, down through verse number 5. After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadetha, the Agagite, and advanced him, and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed, reverenced Haman. And the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman, notice this, full of wrath. I want to speak to you tonight on the title of my message being this, Watch Out for Little Things. Watch Out for Little Things. Let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to be in church this evening. What a beautiful day you've given to us. And Lord, sunshine, nice breeze, and, and uh, Lord, you're so good to us. And I think about this old sin-cursed world, and yet we live among, amongst so much beauty. And then to be able to top it off by coming to church tonight. What a blessing. Just to hear God's people singing uh, was uh, so sweet to hear. And, uh, and then to be open up the blessed book that uh, you have prepared for us, you have uh, preserved for us tonight. And I pray that tonight you'll help me as I preach and help me make the story, the lesson, the message plain and help us to be responsive to it this evening. Save one may be here without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, some time ago, in fact, let me look here. Back in 21, January 21, we started studying the book of Esther in our Wednesday night uh, classes, our Wednesday night Bible study. And uh, so some of the things we'll be talking to you about will be familiar to you if you paid attention to it, or it might have been such a long time now that you maybe forgot some things. But we talked about the story of, uh, of, of, of Haman and uh, what had happened to him and, of course, Esther herself and how God used her. Uh, I think one of the uh, uh, things that, uh, that really uh, just, uh, I think, sticks in our minds about the situation with Esther when, uh, when it was said about her, he, said, uh, he says, uh, Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And God had a plan, and God had Esther in a certain place at the right time. You know, God's good at doing that, isn't he? He always has. My wife and I, we talk about this so many times that, you know, how God puts different people in our lives uh, throughout the ministry. And all these years, there's always been, you know, where God has people that just become such a blessing to us. And when you get, you know, discouraged, there's folks that encourage you. And, and uh, it just, it's just amazing what, what God's able to do. But, you know, we, we sh- I guess we shouldn't be so amazed because God is good all the time, isn't he? And he blesses. But we find in the story here that God had Esther for this special time. But our, our focus is not upon Esther tonight. Our focus is upon Haman. 
And uh, Haman was one of the most hated individuals in Jewish history. Uh, the Jews hated him. I mean, they really hated him. And uh, even today, the name Haman is a hated name by the Jews. Uh, as, and um, the, 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 the Jews, when they would ever hear his name even, they would, they would uh, and, and even to this day, they will shout out let his, uh, some words in, in Hebrew that say, means this, let his name be blotted out. Uh, when his name is mentioned, Jews would stomp their feet and they would hiss and they would, they, some of the men had canes, they would beat their canes on the floor because of the man Haman and uh, how much they hated him. And, uh, and of course, you know the story behind it all that the reason they hated him was because of his hatred for the Jews. And uh, there's always been that, in the, hasn't there, in the world. And even today we have that. And even in America, and some of our politicians hate the Jews. And uh, I don't agree with everything that goes on in Israel, but I, I believe that we, we're not to hate those, but we're not to hate anybody. And uh, you want to hate somebody, hate the devil. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the Jews, God promised to bless us if we will um, be a friend to his, his people. And, and, I, and I believe that still today. And, uh, but we, we find out that Haman was very important in the kingdom. Uh, he was the prime minister of the very prosperous kingdom of Persia. And uh, boy, what, what an what a honor it was for him to have the position that he had. And he was kind of, I, I, I look at it, he was kind of like the pet of the king of Hasserus. Uh, he was like, you know, he was the guy that he just, he just honored him and, and set him up. And uh, it was just kind of his pet. And uh, he thought so much of him. And uh, so Haman was quite a big shot in the kingdom. Uh, people would see him and they would bow before him. And uh, uh, he would pass by the citizens and they would bow. And, and uh, they would, if they had a hat on, I'm sure they would take their hat off and they would show reverence for him. And, uh, and so Haman, uh, he would go about and he was always used to everywhere he went, there were people that would bow when he would come. He would ride his horse down the street and people would stop and he would bow in reverence for him. And uh, so he was getting quite used to that, and, and, and he was quite a big shot in the, in the empire. But one day he was going past Mordecai. Mordecai didn't have much for him. And so when he passed Mordecai, Mordecai did not bow. And word got back there. Some of the king's men had seen this. They took it to Mordecai. They took it to Haman and said, "You know, he's not that. This this man is not bowing there, and and uh, he's not showing reverence towards you." And uh, that made Haman very mad. He was a very proud man. You know, the Bible talks about pride comes before a what? A fall, doesn't it? And Haman was a very proud man, and he was very upset because Mordecai would not bow when he came by. And, uh, and here he was, you know, he, and, and I have to say, he did have some uh, uh, reason to be honored. He was the prime minister of the, of the empire, and uh, I mean, he wasn't the king, but he was somebody special the king appointed there. And uh, yet uh, Mordecai said, I'm not, I'm not bowing to you. And uh, so Haman was so upset about this, and he began to uh, complain to the king about some of the Jews and what was going on. And he goes to Ahasuerus and he tells him about what has been happening, that they're not showing reverence there and, and complaining about them. And so the king listens to them and the, they come up with an idea that they're going to massacre all the Jews. You can imagine what a horrible thing to have said to take a whole bunch of people, a group of people, uh, probably millions of people, and, and have them murdered. And uh, all because this man did not like the Jews, all because there was a Jew that would not bow uh, to him. And so the king made a decree on a certain date that the Jews would be massacred. 
and uh, uh, and and you can imagine the shock that went through the, uh, the through the provinces. The provinces. Look at verse number three of chapter four, and uh, the Bible says, "And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, and fasting, and weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes." So what happened? The word the king, if you remember, the king had put in writing what was going to happen, the decree. And they put it in all the different languages of the people, and they sent it out to all the different provinces so that everybody would know that the Jews were going to die on a certain date. And, and you imagine how horrible that would be and how scary it would be. You know, these folks have faced a lot, and we've seen throughout the years the Jews have gone through an awful lot. But here they are, they're being warned that they're going to be annihilated, and, and it was all because of, 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 of Haman. And uh, he was upset with Mordecai. And so uh, this goes out and everybody hears about it. And, and, uh, and, and they're, they're about to kill all the Jews for one reason. One man would not bow. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at it and say, what's the big deal? And it really wasn't such a big deal. But Haman made it a big deal, didn't he? And so Haman, he's so upset, and now he's gotten from being mad at one man, ready to kill all the Jews. And, and so he, he, it, it hurt his pride, and, and he's going to cause the death of millions of Jews. And so Haman began to build some gallows that he was going to put Mordecai on and have him hung there. And so he's got his plan all worked out, and everything seems to be going all right for him. He's gone to the king. The king's been sympathetic to him. The king said, all right, well, I'll sign this decree. We'll put it in all the languages, and we'll put it out to all the people. Let them know they're going to die. Oh, Haman, he's thinking, boy, this is all right. Well, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go make some gallows, and I'll, I'll put some gallows up, and then I'll tell you right now, I'm going to make sure one of them dies right in front of me, and that one of them I'm talking about is, is Mordecai. He hated him so bad. One night, the king was tossing in bed and couldn't sleep. Chapter number 6, go there for, with me, please. On that night, could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. So the king, you know, I'm glad that he had a restless night that night, and I believe it was God keeping him awake. And so he said, uh, he, he, tells, he tells him to bring him the records of the chronicles. Verse 2, and it was found written. Now notice what he found when he, when he, when he uh, began to have that read there to him. And it was found written that Mordecai, while that's who we we're talking about, had told, told of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains and keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. So out of all the books of the Chronicles, what is brought in that day? I think we see the hand of God working there. And they bring in the book that says, hey, Mordecai, he, he uh, uh, caused uh, to be found out that there were some men that were going to try to kill the king. And the king is listening to this and listening to what's going on here. And uh, uh, this, this, this plot was there to have him assassinated, and now he hears about it. And the king is, is listening to it, and he, and he said in verse number 3, And the king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? They then said the king's servants that ministered to him, There's nothing done for him. So when Ahasuerus couldn't sleep, and he'd bring, they bring in the Chronicles, they read it about Mordecai, and he says, hey, did anything good happen to Mordecai? Did he get any honor? And, and the men said, no, he didn't get any honor. Yeah, nothing, nothing really happened for him. And the king's thinking, why, this man saved my life. This Jew saved my life. Now, remember what he had just signed, the decree to have all these Jews killed. 
And now this Jew is, 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 was one, he finds out that it saved his life. And so they asked him, and said, has, anyone, has, has anything been done for him? And the answer was no, nothing was done for him. But outside the king's chamber, there was a man standing. His name was Haman, Why the guy that started all this. Let's go down to verse number 5, all righty? Verse 5, And the king's servants said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So here it is again, watching God work things out here. Mordecai, or, uh, the king of Ahasuerus could not sleep. And, and, and all of a sudden, here comes in uh, 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 Haman. He's outside the chamber, and he said, hey, the king says, who's out there? Well, it's, it's Haman. Well, bring him in here. He's my right-hand man. Well, I need to have some help. I need some advice from this man. So Haman comes in. The Bible said and in verse number 6, So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, to whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? So here's, here's Haman. He's come in. The king said, hey, what would you, what would, what's, your, what's your opinion or what, what's your advice on how to honor someone I want to honor? And Haman's thinking, whoa, he wants to honor me. So Haman's got this thought that this is going to be for him. I love the story here, how God's working it out, aren't you? And he's, he's thinking, boy, I'm telling you what, I'm going to be honored. And so the king said, what would you do to honor someone like that? And so what, what does the Bible say? It, Haman said, well, if, I, if it was me, look at verse number 7. And Haman answered the king, for the man who the king delighteth to honor, remember again, he thinks it's himself, let the royal apparel be brought, which, is the, which the king useth to wear, and, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let his apparel and horse be delivered into the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighteth to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. <laughs> Think about this. He's, this is coming out of the mouth of, of Haman. The king is talking about Mordecai, his arch enemy. And now he's saying, he's saying, I'll tell you what I'd do, thinking it was him. He said, boy, I would get the nicest horse, and I'd have him prance around. I'd have somebody, I, I, I think y'all put a crown on his head, give him some royal clothes to wear, and, and have somebody very important lead that horse around town in this big parade, celebrating this man that you want to honor, thinking again it's himself. Boy, I'm telling you what, he's about to pop his buttons, isn't he? He is so excited about this, thinking what is going to happen for him. And, and, and uh, the, the, the king was listening to this in the last part of verse number 9. Thus shall it be done to the man who the king delighteth to honor. And, that, and so here, here it is. He thinks, boy, this is great. This is a great idea. And uh, I, I believe there uh, he, he's, he's, he's got this, this idea. And I'm sure he's thinking, boy, I've got a good idea for the king. And the king thinks it's a good idea. But look at verse number 10. Then the king said to Haman, make haste and take the apparel and the horse. As thou hast said, and do even so too. Oh, my. Mordecai the Jew. That sitteth at the king's gate. Wouldn't you love to see his face? Wouldn't you like to leave? I'd just love to be a fly on the wall watching this go on, wouldn't you? Just like to see what in the world was his look on his face when he said, he said the king says, yeah, you know, that's a great idea. And I can imagine old, old Haman thinking, well, yes, sir, I believe it is too. And I think you ought to honor the guy this way. And uh, he's standing there waiting for the king to say, you know, it's you. And he said, uh, I want you to get the horse and get the apparel. And I want you to you know, kind of give him a boost up on the, on the saddle. 
and take the reins and help bring him around town and show him off to everybody. I want you to do that. The man he hates. Oh, can you imagine the face all of a sudden? And all of a sudden he's turning red in the face. He's so upset about what is happening. And uh, uh, he's got to lead him around. And I'm sure, you know, he was all upset because people weren't bowing. And I, th- and I think the king's saying, you know what, by the way, when you, when, you, when, you have, when you take him around, make sure everybody bows to Mordecai when they go by. Haman was fit to be tied. Well, guess what? He got a new tie in the gallows, didn't he? There, those gallows that he had made for Mordecai was gallows that he was to die upon when he got found out. His treachery was exposed, and he died on the gallows that was made for Mordecai. Now, I believe there's several lessons that be involved here, and I'm not going to talk about them all tonight. I believe that we can see the lesson here that God protects his own, and he surely does, doesn't he? You know, I believe God's so good to take care of us. He protects us. And, you know, we were, we were talking about this morning in my Sunday school class, we have a time of praise, uh, thanking the Lord. And, and one of the things people brought up, how that God's taking care of us throughout the week. And, and he does. God protects us. And I, and I, I, I look at the situation here with, with Mordecai, and I think, you know, God was, God was taking care of that man. Uh, he, was, he was one of God's people, and God said, I'm going to take care of you. And he worked it all out. Yeah, that's one of the lessons there. I think there's another lesson here. Be sure your sin will find you out. And we could preach a whole sermon on that too. You will be found out. Your sin will be found out. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Haman thought, you know, well, I'll just put one over here. And I'll just, already it looked like it was going to happen because he's going to have all the Jews killed and the decree was made. But what happened is sin found him out. And I think we also, we can look at the lesson, the pride cometh before a fall. And uh, that was a lesson, too, and that the Bible teaches about that. He was very proudful Haman who ended up falling and then hanging from his neck. But I believe there's another lesson that I'd like to touch on here this evening just a little bit. One of the, I believe, one of the really big lessons here is, 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 is a lesson that uh, is kind of a small thing, and that is this. Haman was brought to a tragic end of his life because of a small thing that happened. It really was a small thing. Do you remember what started it all? One man did not bow. One man out of millions of people. One man did not bow. He let one little thing upset him. I'm thinking, you know, there was tens of thousands of people bowed when Haman went by. But Haman saw the one who would not bow, and it ate him up. Just ate him up. Yet one Jew upsets him, and the silence of Mordecai to Haman was louder than the trumpets of the people who praised Haman. If Haman would have been wise, he would have said, well, you know what? I don't care if that one Jew doesn't bow to me. I think he should, but if he doesn't, that's all right, because i got all these thousands others. They bow to me, but he didn't see that. Are we sometimes like that? Are we sometimes allowing the little things in life to cause us to stumble? That we use, that sometimes it's the little things in life that almost destroy us. Sometimes it's the little things of life 
that get us to backslide and get out of God's will. Haman let this one lone Jew ruin his life. You think about it, he would not have been hung if it were not being upset over this one trivial thing. A man did not bow. I think we look at it now and we could say, well, you know, that was a silly thing. You know, say, Haman, why are you so mad? Well, someone didn't bow for me. I think most of us say, big deal, man. But sometimes in our own life, we let little things come in our life and things that, that maybe are said or done. And we don't see the big picture. We just see the little thing. We see the foolishness of Haman. And it really was. This man had everything going for him. He had the king right there. He could go, think about it. Was, was he able to go to the king and, and get his way done? He went to the king and said, hey, there's a the problem with some of the Jews. And, you know, I think maybe we ought to just have them all killed. And the king said, yeah, I think so too. Put a stamp of approval on it, didn't he? Well, they had it all written out, sent out. Haman had it made. He had everything the kingdom had to offer. But there was one Jew. He couldn't stand. One caused it all to fall apart. I begin to think how foolish it was for Haman, but how many times it could happen in our own lives? You see, Haman's not here tonight, but you and I are here tonight. And I believe God put the lesson in here, not because we were going to be someone so close to the king someday, but the lesson comes down to this. It was one trivial thing that set him off. And I wonder sometimes if that happens to us. We oftentimes can conquer the mountains of life, and yet so many times we stumble at the pebbles that are in the, ro- in the way. When the mountains of life, we're willing to stand up and fight, but it's those small things we don't even think about, but then it's those small things that seem to get under our skin and bother us so much. Churches have weathered satanic uh, uh, storms where the devil just fought and fought. And they weathered it and they made it through only to get to a place where the church ends up splitting over the color of the songbooks. It happens. You stand against the devil, but yet what happens? People say, well, I want this color. I want blue. I want red. And all of a sudden, people are fighting over stupid songs. I'm sorry, not stupid. They're wonderful books. But they fight over the color of a book. Something small. To where a church splits, where a group goes somewhere else. And, you know, if they're splitting over something like that, they're not going to be going in the right kind of church probably. Think about it. United States of America, greatest nation in the world, rises up and conquers Nazism. It did, didn't it? Conquered Hitler, Japan after Pearl Harbor, but the same nation trembled when it came to Cuba. So the nation. And the same thing with Vietnam. How in the world could we handle Germany and, 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 and the Nazis and we could handle uh, uh, Japan with, the, with, with all that they had done? How could we handle that? And then those little country of Cuba and, 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 and Vietnam, we couldn't handle that. You know what we did? We tripped over little things. How sad it is those little things that 
seem to cause us so many problems. Most folks are brought to their knees more easily by frivolous things than important things. We're kind of like the, the giant elephant. You know, the little saying is that an elephant, you know, an elephant is not afraid of any other animal, really. But I don't. I I, I I remember growing up hearing that an elephant was afraid of a mouse, would run. And I looked it up, and they don't have any proof about that. And I'm not. I don't know elephants, so I can't talk to them. But I did find out this in studying about that, looking about that. They're not. They're not. Uh, it doesn't say that they're necessarily afraid of a mouse. But you know what they really are afraid of? Bees. Well, they're smaller than a mouse. They, could, they say that they could hear the bee buzzing and they will go away. They'll run from it. A lion could come up and they're fine. I can handle that, but the little bee comes along. They, you know, that's kind of the way we are sometimes. It's a little sting that we get when we, all of a sudden we blow it all out of por- uh, uh, proportion, thinking, oh my, it's such a big thing, yet it was really a small thing. That's what happened here. Haman, how is it that you're standing there with your hands tied behind your back and that noose around your neck? How did it come to this place? Well, Mordecai didn't bow. We would shake our head and say, how silly. How silly our excuses are. When we fall because of little things. Haman had one dissenter, just one. And yet it was impossible for him to be happy. I don't think any of us in here have everybody that's happy with us. Amen? Now, if you're married, I mean, most of the time everybody's happy with you in your home. I said most of the time. But you know, not always is there, not everybody's happy with you. You know, you're going to have people, you put your American flag outside on your house, you'll have somebody go by and not be happy with you. You know, you, 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 you go driving down the road and you, you're not going the right speed. Well, oh boy, I'm preaching to the choir now. When someone's not driving the right speed, you know what happens? Man, that's a big deal. You know, it's not a big deal. Seems like it, though, doesn't it? Those little things that get us all out of whack. Evidently, Haman never heard the cheers of the thousands. He only heard the silence of the one. And it was that trivial thing that became so big to him that it destroyed him. You know, most fussing that goes on in our homes and in our churches is over trivial things. Amen. You know that's right. So, no, we only argue about big things. <laughs> Evidently, everything's big to you. But usually, our problems are over trivial things like, what is it going to matter? I think we probably all fight that. And it's something that's really not that big of a deal that we make a big deal out of it. You say, well, preacher, I don't see the real problem with it. Did you see what happened to Haman? Destroyed his life of what happened there. In the Bible, we read about the nation of Israel. They, 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 they trembled not at the mighty Red Sea. And they got to the Red Sea, and boy, what happens? That water parted. Those people went over. They didn't tremble there, but what did they tremble at? They, tre- they, they, were, they were trembling at the tiny Jordan River. I think about Elijah. 
Here he is with all the, the host of the, uh, 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 the Baal worshipers and the prophets of Baal. And what does he do? He's got all these people against him, and he prays, and, and God sends the fire down. And boy, he gets out there. He is victorious in this big thing and, and kills these prophets of Baal. Man, what a great thing happened there. But what do we find out happens next? One woman. One woman said, I'm going to kill him. And he went to pieces. He was a great victor, and yet he let one woman cause a lot of problems in his life. You see what I mean? Little things, trivial things. Oh, I know it was a big thing about someone vowing to kill him. No one likes that to happen. I think we pray down great answers to, uh, to prayer there, and then what happens? We fret over our daily bread. God will take care of us. Little things. Churches have fought government and the state and the gates of hell and end up dividing from within. And I don't think they should have done it that way. I think they should have did this. Little things, trivial things. You know, most of the time, you've heard me say, most of the time folks don't get mad over doctrinal issues. They get mad over trivial things. Someone upset me. Haman was upset. I mean, remember, I didn't read all the story. He went boohooing to his family and friends. They won't bow down to me. You know, someone should have got up in his face and said, hey, man, just, just straighten up. Suck it in. You'll be okay. One man didn't bow to you. You'll be fine. There'll be thousands of others that will. But he boohooed and made a mess because one person. We're so, so often devastated by trivial things. Nerves are shattered. Sad to say, lives are wrecked. And friendships of lifetimes are broken. Most of the time over one little mistreatment or misunderstanding. You ever been mistreated before? If, if you haven't, would you stand up? Because we're going to do it to you right now. So we'll all be in the same pot. Amen? I've been mistreated before. But the thing is, that's not the big deal. You say, but, the, you know, and have, have you ever had a misunderstanding with someone? Of course. But you see what those things, the misunderstandings and these, these little problems, they're, they're, they're little things that we don't see the whole picture. We say, God, I know you can protect us from that government that's going to try to shut us down. God, I believe that you're going to take care of us and you'll meet my needs when I, when I pray unto you. And yet what happens? Little things happen and we fall apart. That's what happened to Haman. Sometimes a lifetime of good things are forgotten because of trivial things that's said and done. <laughs> Thank the Lord for families. Oh, every family has a few weird ones in it. Right? Everybody has that. Some of you say, not in our family. You're probably the weird one. <laughs> Amen. That's probably it. Our family is all okay. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. But uh, there's always a weird one in the family. But, you know, the, the, not everything, you know, you know, the thing is that, that there's only one life we have to live. Why mess it up the over trivial things? Well, they spilled their drink on my, my they, they spilled their, their, their Pepsi Cola on my carpet. We'll get it cleaned. Don't forbid them not to come back to your house. 
when one of their kids punched my kid. Teach your kid how to fight back. I mean, uh, 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 forgive. Trivial things. There's more to life than destroying our lives over little things. Over little things. Somehow, I think what we need to do is associate God with the trivial things too. Well, the government wants to shut down the churches. Well, we're going to trust our God. He'll see us through. Well, you think God's concerned about the trivial things? He is. Would have been something if, if, if Haman had said, God, there's a man who doesn't like me. Well, that's right, Lord. They don't like you either. I guess I'm in good company. I'll be all right. What a difference would have happened, huh? If he didn't let one little thing bother him so much. We need to have God in the little things of our life, too. I'm not saying we don't get our feelings hurt. Sometimes we do. Sometimes some things hurt us really deep. And we can't change it. When words are exchanged, you can't change it. You can't take them back. But we can ask God to help us to get over it. And just keep on keeping on. You know, I believe if we would just learn this lesson tonight... And churches across America would learn this lesson tonight. There would not be, there would only be very few church splits ever. I remember when I first, I know I've told the story, but back when I first moved to Pennsylvania, I went to get a haircut and the barber was telling me. He said, uh, he said, yeah, our church, we've been, I forget how long, like a year and a half trying to decide what color carpet to put in the church. He was saying the folks are fighting over the color of the carpet. While souls are dying and going to hell, big thing is causing us to fuss over a little thing. Amen. Let God be in the little things too. You see, the same God that caused the fire to fall on Mount Carmel for Elijah was the same God that fed him with the ravens that flew through the air. The God who caused the Red Sea to part is the same God who clothed the lilies of the field. The same God that caused the sun to stand still for the armies of righteous. The righteous uh, is the same God that gives a number to every hair of our head. And then as he does that, he even feeds all the sparrows of the sky. You know, God takes care of big things. But we need to let God take care of the small things too. It's not the end of the world. Haman, you know, when I miss something, someone got Haman. Haman, is not, it's not the end of the world. There's going to be more people someday not like you. There's going to be more people that won't bow. There's probably been people that didn't bow that no one even noticed about. But you notice this one man. And that one man caused all this destruction. You see, God's the same whether it's a big thing or a little thing. We beg God to help us when the big temptation comes, but we think, I can handle this little temptation. But it's the little ones that lead to the big ones. We need him in all the little things, too. So here was Haman, the prime minister. And yet, he ended up on the gallows. Why? Because of his pursuit of a little thing, of one man not bowing to him. What's the little thing in your life? Yeah, somebody said something, one very kind to me. Yeah, join the club. 
Everybody's had that happen before. You know, somebody was kind of mean to me. Well, that'll happen. But those are trivial things. I won't go back to that church because someone, did, someone sat in my seat. Can you imagine leaving a church over someone sitting in your seat? But it happens. Someone didn't speak to me. It happens. Little things. The danger of little things. It can cause divorces. Where they nag and fight over little things. You know, it never happened. We'll go to God about the big things. Maybe tonight we'll learn a lesson like this. We need to go to God when the little things happen too. And then God says, everything's all right. Just take a deep breath. You'll be okay. <laughs> did you ever get, fall down and get a cut on your knee? <laughs> you did the other day. We're, we're talking to Bishop again. But, but all the rest of us, didn't you, when you were kids, not his age, but uh, uh, when, when you were a kid, did you ever fall and get your cut in on your knee? Yeah. What happened? Healed up, didn't it? You lived. You're okay. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got a scar on my face right here. <laughs> I know somebody right now is saying, you look like your whole face is scars. Those are wrinkles. I'm scared to death that at the end of the month I'm getting my cataract off. What am I going to see? I look in that mirror. I'm like, whoa, where'd I get this? What's those maps that have the mountains showing on them and that? The What? Topographical map my face is going to look like, I'm afraid. I don't know. I may, I may come to church on that Wednesday night. I'm having it on a Wednesday. I'll be church Wednesday night. I might have a mask on. I don't know. Depends what I see. Now, what was I saying about that? Chin, I got that scar on my chin, messed up my beauty. I fell down one, I fell out of my bed one time and got a scar on my chin. Right between my eyes here, there's a, there's a half moon in my, uh, on, my, on my head here. And I was shooting at a deer up a hill. Bang, a gun came back, that scope bit me right there. And the blood just ran down my face. You know how head wounds bleed. I got that scar there. I'm alive. I'm Okay. I'll be honest with you, when I walked away from there and all of a sudden I thought, boy, it's getting warm out. Is that warm blood just ran down my face. Did the same thing, bumped bump my head on a tree stand, going up a tree stand. I thought I was dying that day. I hit that, I saw stars, and I climbed down out of there, and I was afraid to take my hat off because I was afraid my brains were going to fall out. And I'm on my way. I went to try to get some help from the neighbor there, and nobody was home, and I went to start the four-wheeler. It wouldn't start. I got in my truck, and I'm heading back. When I ran into you, Seth, Seth's a lot, I'm, I'm waving down, come and help me, come and help me. Pulled over the side of the road. I said, Seth, look, I'm going to take the hat off. Look and see what's going on. He goes, oh, there's a little cut. <laughs> I came home, and I told my wife. She goes, what's the matter? I said, I busted my head open. She goes, oh, my, take your hat off. And I didn't. She goes, where? I go, right there. <laughs> There, there was. There was blood on my head when, when, I, when I reached up and touched it when it first happened. There was blood on my head. But I'm telling you, it was a big thing to me. Some of you right now going, it was because we knew you bumped your head one day. Amen. <laughs> it healed up okay. You can't even see. Even when my hair falling out, you can't see where it was at. You can see that little one right there. But I'm telling you, I'm still pretty even with that. It's like I have two smiles. And I got a 
eye in the middle of my head, right? Was it Cyclops, isn't what they call it? <laughs> Boy, I hope. I'm not getting that operation on my eye. But you know, little things that we make big. Huh? You say, that's just you. I got a feeling that's all of us sometimes. We make such a big thing. Why do you always leave your socks on the floor? You know, really, it's a little thing. Just go pick them up. And the guy's so stubborn, he goes, I'll tell you what, I'm ready for divorce court. You yelled at me about my socks. Good night, man. Good night, lady. Understand that's something small. May I say this? Man, pick up your stinking socks. And, and ladies, if he doesn't, put them in his pillowcase and let him smell them all night. Amen. That would be a good thing to do. Little things. You know, it's fun to laugh about it, but people have all kinds of problems over little things. And you know, no church ought to have a split because of little things. I'll fight, I'll fight, I'll fight for doctrine, but I will not fight over the color of the carpet. Little things destroyed a man one day. The fact of the matter is, he wasn't the only man that ever destroyed by little things. And even today, many are. And churches are over little things. Be careful. Be careful of the little things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for this time tonight. Thank you for the word of God. The story way back there in the Bible in the book of Esther. Lord of a man who got all upset over one Jew who would not bow to him. Lord, so many times we let those little things in life just eat at us and cause division and heartache. Oh, Lord, help us tonight to realize if you can take care of us in this old wicked world, you can take care of us in these little things too. Help us trust you. Well, our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe you're here tonight not sure of salvation. Why, good night. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. You don't need to wait one more second. You need to trust Christ tonight. I wonder if there'd be anyone tonight said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone tonight? Preacher, I'm not sure of salvation, but I'd like to know that. And Christians tonight, hey, is it little things that get you? I mean, let's face it. Sometimes it's those little things that just bug the fire out of us. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Why take those big things to the Lord? Well, the Lord, he, he, he's interested in the little things too. If, if the hairs of our head are numbered, I think he's interested in little things. If he knows a little sparrow falls from the sky, he's interested in little things. Let God be the God of our big things and our little things tonight. God spoke to your heart tonight. The altar will be open. Father, bless now the invitation. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.